And she said, look, what I'm going to do is I'm going to set you up for an interview with the landlords. And little did I know, it was like it was like a, tw- a board of 12 landlords who sit on the trust of this church who owns this building. And so I wa- a week or so later, I have no idea what I'm getting myself into. I think I'm just going for a chat with like one guy. I walk in, there's these 12 people sitting in this sort of U-shaped table. And I'm, you know, I'm, I think I was 20, what, I was 23, 24 at the time. I was so scared. I was like, oh my God, what is going on? I have no idea what I'm talking about. They're throwing questions at me about my financial, in my forecasts and break-evens. And, and I didn't know what these words meant. I had no idea. I was like, absolutely no idea. I hadn't even asked my father if he would back me for this cafe. So I didn't even know where I would get the money from if I did get the site. I just sort of was so determined to get the site. Anyway, went in there, presented what I thought you know, I would do is this cafe and it was going to be this like very healthy uh, offering with fresh food every day and using local supplies, which essentially is what it is now. I mean, it's exactly what it is. Anyway, so <laughs> I left being like, well, as if I'm going to get it. To a day later, I got a call back and they said, we're going to give the site to you. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Today, a real treat. Uh, we've got Rose Mann, who is the inspiration and the founder of Farm Girl. Uh, all I will say is that you'll be blown away by her determination and desire to succeed and inability to say no to anything, um, which has led her down some interesting paths. But uh, I really hope you enjoy this one. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed recording it. We are now recording. That's cool, isn't it? I've not, I've, not, uh, I've not had a countdown before to uh, official recording. Really? <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah this, is, this is the first for me, so I like this. Anyway, um, pleasure to have you with me. <laughs> so I guess as I was saying before to you, before we got online, uh, what I'm really interested in when, when we're having these conversations is to understand a little bit about, I guess, the psyche, understand what makes you be mad enough to go and build your own business like I did. Um and um it all sort of where does it all sort of begin so i guess what would be really nice for me is just if you if you could tell me a little bit about your background in terms of where you grew up what you were um what yeah. you were thinking at that age and that'd be great yeah sure so um i grew up in australia in a very lovely place in the western district of victoria i grew up um on a big sort of lovely farm as you can kind of picture countryside australia um for a very big family i've got i'm one of five children and we just had a really lovely time we had ponies and rabbits and pet rats and you know the lizards and dogs and cats and you know we're always out on the farm with dad and um bringing in the sort of the sheep and you know when the sheep lost their parents we would be feeding them in the morning at 5 a.m and you know it was a proper child country childhood dream i have to say sounds Um, heavenly it really was. It was a really good shot. I'm so Where lucky. were you in the five? I'm number Where, four. Number four. You're number fourth, fourth youngest or fourth oldest? Yeah, the fourth youngest. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got two older. You... Yeah, I got two older sisters, an older brother, and a younger brother. So, yeah, it's very nice. We're all very close. Big age gap, or? No, not at all. Year and year and a half. Um, the most, the biggest gap is two years. So, my mother Same was busy. Oh, nice. Yeah, we've, we've got, there's four of us, and yeah. we're all 18 months to, sort of 18 months to 21 months apart. It's so great, isn't it? It was so fun yeah, growing cool up. Having, it's cool having siblings, isn't it? Yeah, very, very cool. I was very lucky. Um, so, yeah, no, I had a really great time, and I moved to London uh, 12 years ago now. So I think I was 19 years old. I sort of quit uni was doing university at Melbourne and uh, Melbourne University I was doing an arts course and I was just bored out of my mind I I was partying way too much and my father how long did you last (laughs) I did a year and a half and I I managed 16 I think I did 16 weeks (laughs) I love it I was about five grand in debt and I thought well I better go and get a job I love it yeah I think I was put on this earth to work I was I'm not a studier I loved my school I have to say school was one of the few of the best years of my life but I think that was the social aspect of it I went to boarding school in Victoria in Australia and it was amazing 
but I just definitely was always been a worker, not a studier. And um, my father sort of said to me one day, you're not really enjoying university, are you? And I sort of looked at him and I was like, nope, I don't think I've even been to a lecture in the last two weeks. I think I've just been skipping, you know, out with my friends. And uh, he said, well, why don't you go to London and just have a few months there and you can do a short course there and some, you know, an art course or whatever you want. And we've got lots of family friends here. That's what he, uh, my parents actually met here in the UK. So we had a lot of family friends here and, and dad said, just, you know, if you want to go, I'll, I'll support you to go for a few months and just work around and, you know, and have, have some fun and explore a different city. So off what I went. Dad. Yeah. What a dad. He's a great dad. Absolute legend. I hope I can do that for my daughter one day. Yeah, I know. I was very lucky. So off I went, not knowing what, you know, what was coming. And I was very fortunate. I was living with some family friends here. So I had some support and, you know, started off immediately working in retail shops and uh, in a restaurant in Chelsea, you know, in the evenings and things. And anyway, I just had such a great time. And I just, I never left. I'm here 12 years later. So you've literally never gone back home? <laughs> never went just, home. You... <laughs> That's fabulous. And is that what dad wanted? Um, no, I think my mother was very annoyed because she's English and obviously she did the other way. She left when she was, she left England when she was 17 and went back to Australia with my father, married him at 19 and then never came back. They've been married for 45 years and she lives in Australia and that's her home. So I think she was pretty devastated. The fact that I, I was doing the reverse and, you know, one of her children were gonna, was going to be on the other side of the world. Um, but I, at the same time, I think they're super happy for me and I've made a life here. And, um, so, you know, and it's, and England's great. And mum has, we have family here. So, you know, she's here every year and dad comes over still every year or well, not this year, COVID, but, um, yeah, so it's, it's good. It's very nice. Where was your mum from? My mum grew up near Ascot in Surrey. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. lovely. Are yeah. they into the racing? They're not, more polo, more polo. They were okay. never really into the racing, but a bit more polo. They, again, grew up on a, in a, on a farm, um, countryside, like my father. So she's very outdoorsy, doesn't love the city. She's actually, ama amazingly, she is actually in the UK right now. She somehow got permission to leave. Um, and she's just visiting us and visiting and my grandfather's here. And so it's really nice. But that's lovely. It's so nice. It's so rare. You, it, when she arrived, I mean, I didn't stop hugging her because it was just, I was like, when I'm You don't realise, do you, how much you miss it until no. you can't do it. Yeah. And I do, I miss my siblings like crazy. And they all have children. So there's a lot of, you know, little nephews and nieces and I'm missing their whole childhoods. And it's, you know, but anyway, it's fine. I'm in a very good position. I can't complain. There's a lot of people worse off. So happy yeah yeah very nice very, yeah, yeah but it's still relative isn't it still yeah. you're still allowed to be miffed every now and again yeah, so, yeah. And, uh, so you so you're, you're fresh off the plane at 19 then yes so fresh off the what plane. did you do what did you do so what did I do so I was enrolled in the Christie's art history course which I think is mainly for board sort of housewives um it's about three hours a week and um you won't tell them no, no. I think my father thought it was more of like a full-time thing, but no. Um, but what did I do? I, I worked in a, in a retail shop in clothing. I sort of was more interested in fashion back then. I loved my clothing. So I worked in a retail shop on the King's Road in Chelsea because I just lived in Chelsea. And then I had a nighttime job at, I think it was back then, the restaurant was called, it's shut down at 8 over 8. It was a sushi restaurant and actually owned by an Australian man. And... Um, and that was great. You know, it was fun. I mean, it was it was easy, you know, filling the time, paying bills sort of jobs. Um, and like I said, I'm a worker. I'm meant to work. I love working. So, you know, I'd go from my sort of shop job onto my bar job. And, and it was great. We, you know, met loads of cool people, just running around London, having a great time. Um, I did that for a while. And then I got a more secure job in a shop in... Marlborough, near, just near Marble Arch, um, a Japanese fashion brand called Horiyoshi the Third. Again, it's now shut down, but it was amazing. I sort of started there as a shop girl, just running the shop, and then I eventually went into the sort of marketing PR side of the brand, and I had a great time. I loved, absolutely loved. I loved fashion back then, and you know, it was again. I think it's the social aspect, um, dealing with you know, we were dealing with buyers from 
all the big, you know, like Harvey Nichols and Harrods and everyone. And it was quite a niche brand. And so it was, it was really fun. And again, I met most amazing people and I had an amazing team, but I sort of knew that I, I'm just, I'm a bit of a control freak <laughs> and I, um, I'm not great at working for other people because I always want to do it my way. So <laughs> I've been saying so, to people, I'm on I reckon I'm unemployable now. Yeah, yeah, me too. Big time. Big time. I'd be the worst, you know. And now yeah. I employ how many people do I employ? Sixty-five people in the company. And wow. I always think I would be the worst employee, for sure. Um, but uh your so, job's to make them all better than you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's working, I think. I was going to say, it's um, easy for me. Yeah. And I, um, so, you know, I had a great time. I was there for four years at this little place, same place every day. Uh, I even got to go to Paris Fashion Week a few times. It was really, really fun. But um, as the, you know, as as the company was sort of changing lanes a few times and I, I was getting a bit frustrated because I'm, again, I'm a control freak. I, uh, I think I was sort of lashing out a bit and, and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I think that's when I realized that I, I needed to be working for myself in some form. I had no idea what that was at the time. I've always loved hospitality. Um, growing up in Australia, I was, you know, we're so lucky. In Melbourne, for example, you know, every street is filled with these incredible companies. Um, and these incredible coffee places and very unique sort of artisan food and and so I've always loved that and when I moved to London I was really sad at the fact that there wasn't that on every street corner I didn't know that when I arrived it was sort of pubs and greasy spoons great don't get me wrong but there was no sort of gap of that really good coffee little hideaway shops with sort of healthier food made by the chef in the back I don't know there was there was definitely this cafe culture was missing here when I moved here still nowhere near enough of them no it's it's not we're getting there there's pockets of London where they're really people are incredible now I think there's just since I've moved here it's it's been amazing but yeah when I I was so frustrated I just couldn't understand that I was like what's what's going on why can I only buy yeah um just I do say outside of London there's nothing nothing. I mean in general I can't any you go to a little local towns where you'd love to see like this a yeah. beautiful artisan place that's got yeah. great fresh food and cracking coffee. You just can't find yeah. it. No, you. Can't. I've got Starbucks Cafe Nero and Costa that that pretty much I have to choose between. Oh, it's it, and it's such a shame because I I get why because it is you know now owning a business and I understand the costs involved in setting these things up and and you you know you rely so heavily obviously on your customer and if you just don't have that like loyal following i mean it's it's a hard thing to do i mean i've actually the guys who supply our coffee are australian guys and they've set up a coffee shop in alsford near winchester and it's the first one around that area they've got a few other little concepts but and it's just booming because everyone all of a sudden it's just like this is what we want we want good coffee we want homemade sandwiches we want we want good eggs but not you know starchy sort of greasy spoon eggs we want actually beautifully Absolutely. locally sourced produce um and people care about it now so they're really busy. Out for it they are so hopefully people will look at this and with rent reduction as well from covid and you know maybe more people will start opening cute cafes i don't know <laughs> i'm going to take you backwards again then so how so you've, you've decided that you want to do something on your own yeah. um, you can't work for other people because you're uh, you're a control freak and you, you want to do things <laughs> your own way, um, like so many of us. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, what then? What what's the choice that you make? So what I did, okay, it was I fell in love. Big big mistake. No, I'm just kidding. He's now my he's my business partner and now my fiance. So luckily it worked out. But he <laughs> um he one day was planning. Well, he was planning this amazing road trip for us. And uh, it was in America and we, I sort of thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go, but I didn't know how I'm going to take all this time off work and all, all this. Is. So I was looking at my options and thought, it's such an amazing opportunity to be offered, to be taken for this incredible trip. I hadn't really been to America um, in this sense. I'd been sort of just quick trips to New York. and But anyway, so we, off I, I, I basically was getting frustrated with my work. I quit my job off I went just I had you know I had been seeing this guy for 
five months. <laughs> no idea really what I was doing. And I had no idea what I was going to do back when I got back to London. And that was, it was about a six week trip we planned. Oh, wow. Um, which my parents were obviously extremely nervous because they were like, well, she doesn't have a job. She's still having to pay rent in London. I mean, I don't know what she's thinking she's going to do. Anyway, off I went. We went to all these incredible places, LA, Venice, um, Palm Springs, you know, all these amazing places. And, you know, even though America is, is not renowned for its like Saturday cafe culture, they do have, they do have a very cool, healthy offering. So these cool juice bars and, you know, all the sort of beach bar, acai bars and or very Melbourne, Californian style, you know. And I was so inspired by this. And it was, it was sort of like, we were going to all these amazing places with really cool interiors and everyone was just so cool in these cafes playing cool tunes. And I don't know, it really like struck something in me. And all of a sudden, I think we were sitting in a hotel in Palm Springs one morning, we're having this like beautiful breakfast, which you just could not get in London. It was just like fresh granola and fruit. I and mean, it's pretty simple, but it's, you know, it was just something I hadn't seen in London. And, um, I think that's when I was, I said to Anthony, my, my partner, I said, um, I think I should open cafes or a cafe in London because there's just nothing. And he, he I'd actually moved from Chelsea to Notting Hill by this stage and there was nothing in Notting Hill. So only, the only thing that existed was Granger, which is still incredible. It's got queues every day, um, Australian owned as well. And, but there was nothing else. And, and, um, now I said, Notting Notting is incredible. So anyway, I was sitting there and I thought, and he sort of thought, okay, cool. Like he had no idea what I was talking about. And he was in mining and doing an MBA in uh, Madrid at the time. And, you know, not into food at all. I mean, he grew up in Switzerland where of course it's like fresh and healthy, but again, no knowledge of hospitality or anything. And that was when I sort of, this whole trip, then it got in my head and I was obsessed, absolutely obsessed. I was writing notes down. I was just sort of dreaming of me having this like super cute little cafe and, you know, I was sort of looking already online as to where I would put it and, uh, you know, what, what would be available. I had no clue how on earth I was going to find a site and then go from like looking at a site to actually getting a site, the legals involved, lease agreement. I mean, I had zero idea. But anyway, I was so determined. I got back to London and I just started walking around the streets, looking at locations, looking at sites and any, any sign that I saw that was for lease or for sale, I would call and um, I put in my business plan, which was horrendous. I mean, hilarious. I can't believe I actually oh, wrote you still got it. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You've got <laughs> anyway, to keep the first business plan, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to frame it because it's actually very well, sweet. Why not like my daughter wrote it <laughs> when yeah, she was too. four? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, very funny. And then, so what is her, I, then this one called Charlie's Cafe came, became available in, um, on not in Notting Hill and Portobello Road. And I'd been to this cafe before once I'd walked past and thought, God, that's a nice little courtyard. It's so sweet. Um, we've got this really enchanting courtyard at Farm Girl. And I thought it was for rent. So I called the landlord and they said, look, it's, it's still trading, so go and sit there and have a look. Anyway, so I went there on this raining day. The chef there was so rude. The waiters were so rude. They hated everyone. It was so funny. It's like a real just like run-down cafe, greasy spoon type thing. And um, But I, I sort of saw this potential in this site. It has these amazing high ceilings, this beautiful courtyard, and it just had this feeling about it. So as I sat there, I put in the letter to the landlord, and, you know, a week later I got a response um, no, that's not true. I didn't get a response. So I called and called and I called the real estate agent who was actually quite rude to me at the time. He said, look, to be honest, you're not going to have a very good time at this site because, um, you have no experience. You have nothing financially backing you. And they'll say, no, you're up against like 12 other businesses, which I was, I was up against some pretty big guys in hospitality. So it was like a burger joint and a, a hotel chocolate wanted it. Um, a guy, Tom, who owned a lot of restaurants in Notting Hill already, someone who owned loads of pubs. Like there was a lot of like established businesses already going for this site. And so I was really upset because I was like, well, I haven't actually heard a no from the landlord. So anyway, I went to the, the landlord's office, knocked on the door and they were a bit surprised. And they said, sort of, who are you? I said, well, I'm one of the ones that put in my um, business plan for this site and they said okay and they said look through this big pile of literally business plans 
And they said, oh, sorry, well, we decided it was a bit risky to look at yours because you know, no financial backing, you've got no experience in the, in the food industry. And I sort of was devastated by this. And I sort of said, well, can you just give me five minutes to tell me feedback to my, on my business plan so that I can, the next slide I look at, you know, I have a bit more of a chance. And um, the lady who was dealing with me, she was so nice. I remember her, obviously she had pity on me because I sort of begged her and I said, you know, can you just give me some feedback? And she did. She ran through my business plan, gave me some points. And she said, look, what I'm going to do is I'm going to set you up for an interview with the landlords. And little did I know, oh, wow. it was like it was like a, a board of 12 landlords who sit on the trust of this church who owns this building. And so I a week or so later, I have no idea what I'm getting myself into. I think I'm just going for a chat with like one guy. I walk in, there's these 12 people sitting in this sort of U-shaped table. And I'm, you know, I'm, I think I was 20, what, I was 23, 24 at the time. I was so scared. I was like, oh my God, what is going on? I have no idea what I'm talking about. They're throwing questions at me about my financial, in my forecasts and break evens. And, and I didn't know what these words meant. I had no idea. I was like, absolutely no idea. I hadn't even asked my father if he would back me for this cafe. So I didn't even know where I would get the money from if I did get the site. I just sort of was so determined to get the site. Anyway, went in there, presented what I thought you know, I would do is this cafe and it was going to be this like very healthy uh, offering with fresh food every day and using local supplies, which essentially is what it is now. I mean, it's exactly what it is. And, um, you know, with fun interiors and it was just somewhere for people to come and be cozy. And um, anyway, so <laughs> I left being like, well, as if I'm going to get it. To a day later, I got a call back and they said, we're going to give the site to you. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I called it's amazing, my, isn't it? It was amazing. I called my boyfriend and he was in Madrid and, I mean, he couldn't believe it. He was like, what did you mean? And then I was sort of faced with the thing of, okay, well, now they want a six-month deposit. Where the hell am I going to get that? Where do I even find a lawyer to help me with a lease agreement? I don't know. I have no idea. Where do I do all these, you know, property searches and this and that and licensing? And I had absolutely no idea. Anyway, we went, we, we did it. We got through it. Um, my partner, he helped me a lot. And then he actually decided to move to London and he was meant to go back into the mining sector and he sort of got it, started getting involved and doing part-time stuff for me. And then one day he said, look, I actually want to do this full time. And I said, well, that's great. Why don't you just match me 50-50 and we'll be partners. And then we, then we did. Then I, yeah. That's it's, nice. Yeah, it's really cool. Really cool. So when is, know, is yeah. this 2015, 2016? It's 2015. That was the first, first farm girl. And it was really funny because everyone who I'd spoken to that I told her that I'd taken this site, they thought I was absolutely bonkers. They're like, what are you doing? That you No one yeah. even knows where that site is. You have to walk through a tiny courtyard behind a church office. Like, no one knows. And I was like, I just had my thing about it. I was like, nope, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fine. It's going to be great. And I was obsessed with this site. Um, and... Yeah, and then my my father sent my brother over here. You know, then I, I finally got up the courage to ask him for some money. He sent my brother here to check that I wasn't sort of I don't know putting it into something else. And he, my brother came and did a walk around with the builders and was sort of like my my rock at the time. And then he went back to dad and he said, "Look, I think actually she's onto a winner. It's a really cool site and it's in a very busy area in Notting Hill, and and I think it could work." <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> yeah. I mean, my I did we did put together some financial forecasts around that time when my brother was here with me. And I look back on them now and I think they were maybe 30% of what we take in a year or something. So, you know, we yeah, it's 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 been incredible. Um, the site, we were really lucky with Notting Hill site and um, I think that was really how the brand took, took off. It was that location. It was just, it boomed, you know. And also I think the other thing was that London was crying out for this, this concept. I mean, I saw the gap in the market and I didn't quite realise actually it was a big gap and people needed it because we had queues. I mean, we still do, um, but probably from the sixth month, I would say, you know, we, had, we were busy much earlier, but we had it. I think our first like two hour queue was from the sixth month of opening, which 
I think is pretty incredible. Um, two hours queue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who queues for two hours for avocado and toast? I'm not sure, but I love you, whoever you are. <laughs> but... Have you got little things now where you tell people when it's ready? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. So they we, can we, go and have a do a bit of shopping. Very, we're very tech savvy now. We have all the apps that sort of help them, help everyone. But we loved the queues for so long. And then the minute we started with this app, the queues were gone and we were like, oh no, what have we done? Um, but because you know, you're so you're so proud when you can walk outside and see these people waiting. Well, there's a feeling food. as well, isn't there? I oh, know that um, Dishoom and Breakfast Club both yeah. really like the queues. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so amazing. Well, as long as you yeah. look after people when they're in the queue, it's not so bad, is it? No, exactly. Well, that's what we used to do. I mean, I remember the summers when we began, we would bring out big fresh platters of fruit and like big things of watermelon and people would love it or we'd just give out you know juices or free coffees or whatever and um we'd have brands come and uh you know like sort of non-alcoholic beer brands and stuff come and like give gift gifts to the um to the queue and people people loved it because they weren't bored you know um, mm, that's right they're still getting an experience aren't they exactly. so how did you how did you get to so you, you know you've got a two-hour queue after six months but um you're hidden behind a courtyard somewhere is it is it word of mouth? Is it you using your marketing skills? What how did so, you how did you how did you fill it? Again, this is all back to down to timing. So when we opened, Instagram was 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 big, but it wasn't like it was now, obviously. But Instagram was our biggest thing because I think our cafe is, I don't know if you've seen it on Instagram, but it's very colorful and very, very photogenic. I mean, people were wow. obsessed because we had these little pink tables, which was actually a mistake. We painted the bathroom pink and um i had leftover paint and we had these ugly gray tables in the koi and i hated them so one day well customers were literally sitting around me i just started painting these gray tables <laughs> and then i didn't realize that that would become the biggest instagram hit ever at the time i mean people were photographing these tables people were coming from you know all over the world to take photos on our pink tables people would queue and wait just to sit on the pink table in the courtyard instead of being able to sit inside. Yeah, it was madness. I mean, mad. I couldn't believe it. So back then, it was I love just people. I know. I love it because I think we were one of the first these sort of Instagram little cafes where the food was super colourful and 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 people were loving it and they were coming in and we yeah. had a series of then just a few famous people and Nigella Lawson came in, photographed the pancakes, you know, that sort of thing and. It was just, yeah, it was word of mouth, Instagram. And um, just, I think, again, it's that it was that time in London where it didn't exist. I mean, people were not taking photos of food back then. Um, and especially not pretty. And our plates are all beautiful colours. And I think it just all sort of fit into what everyone wanted back then, which was, yeah, yeah. really lucky. Mm. Just gave them something different. So, yeah. And so in terms of like, you know, because I've I've read up on you guys, obviously, and that you talk about the the produce and how you know when you first stepped off the plane, you couldn't get a decent cup of coffee with some really really good healthy fresh food. So then you obviously you you then oh the, oh this is me now I've got to do yeah. this. So yeah, where do you where did you start in terms of sourcing everything that yeah. you wanted? I mean that must have been hell of a hell of a ride. It was such a ride. I, the whole journey has been incredible. But I was really lucky. I had a really amazing team. So when we started, I, I found this through a friend of mine. I found this chef who was working as a private chef, uh, a French guy. And he was super excited about the project. I met with him a few times before we finished the build. So he helped me with the menu initially. And he had already, he knew a few suppliers. But it was just amazing because luckily he knew some of the best suppliers in London who I still work with and like the best fruit and veg guy in the world. He's my like best kept secret. I don't tell anyone about him because I've worked with him from day one. I will never not work with him. I get offers from every fruit and veg supplier and I'm like, I'm not even going to look at you because Paolo's just been my like absolute rock. And, you know, he goes, to the, he's an, he's an agent. He's not from one company and he'll go to the market every night and he literally will select a tomato from this place, a tomato from that place. And yeah, you pay a small premium for it, but it means you're getting, and cause you know, a lot of these suppliers, they'll, you know, you order a kilo of carrots and they'll send you a kilo of carrots, but they won't check the bottom. So half of them might be moldy at the bottom, but the supplier doesn't care. 
you know, there's, there's a lot of food waste going on. Whereas Paolo's thing is he's like completely OCD and he's, he's really great. Um, Benoit brought me a lot of all of those guys. Um, the Australian coffee guys, I found myself, I can't even remember how, again, it just sort of fell into place. And um, they helped me as get as well with the setup of the coffee machine because oh my oh my goodness I didn't had no idea what it what goes in to making good coffee I I just thought you put them buy a machine yes they're very expensive plug them in and off you go no 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 it's like a whole different world of like power requirements water waste all the equipment that comes with a coffee machine the training that goes into these baristas I mean no wonder most places like Starbucks and just have like a plug and play coffee machine because the time and money you spend to get that one good cup of coffee I mean it's insane but it's but it makes you appreciate you know it really does make you appreciate these cafes because I know they're paying people do appreciate a good cup of coffee as well more now than they should and they should and I think now people understand that you know these machine all this machine and machines and equipment and the staff training you know it matters if your staff if your barista is not trained they will make a bad cup of coffee and you know I just yeah that was that was very 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 crazy when I figured out how much went into a machine I mean you know of course my big machine arrived I had no power for it I had I had a normal double socket and my barista my um, coffee guys just laughed at me well, how do you expect us to connect this? And I was like, I don't know. I need a single 32 amp. Like, what even is that? Single phase 32 amp? I have no idea. Anyway, I now proudly own eight machines and I'm very good at my, I can basically, I'm pretty much a qualified electrician now. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing what you learn when you have to, isn't it? Yeah. That's walking through walls though, isn't it? Yeah. uh, We'll figure it out as we go along. Um, colleague of mine used to say we'll grow wings on the way down yeah no it's true it is true I think there's no amount of courses that I could do as well that would actually help I think it's you just got to sort of elbows greasy get in there and do it but we learned that on the farm as well you know it was never a sort of there was never any training of what to do when you're sort of stuck out in the ponies and it's pouring with rain and thunderstorms and someone's fallen off and you know there's not training for you know you just sort of you deal with it you deal with crisis um such living though isn't it yeah i'm I'm sitting here i know you're not allowed i'm not allowed to be jealous but i'm sitting here really jealous of your upbringing (laughs) i had the i know i have to say i have that i had the best upbringing i have like very well done mum dad well done Um, i mean mum would have been pretty good we just didn't have a beautiful farm and uh, (laughs) lots of animals around to to get you back to nature Um, so you've you've opened the first one it's going well Um, it's going really well. And then when did number two come along? Uh, okay, sounds so like number bit, two sounds like children, doesn't it? Yeah, yes. Number two was actually a again off the back of Farm Girl. It was a different concept called the Feeding House Cafe, and it was in an office building in Maidavale. And I have to say, it I I have no regrets, but it was not something I would do again because we it took my focus off what I was wanted to do so I opened this because a man a family friend of my partner's he approached us and he said look I've got this big building and it needs the offices need a good cafe and I want farm girl and so we went and had a look and we had a look at the sort of offices in the building and um we just immediately said we can do it but it's not going to be farm girl because farm girl's price point is about the average spend is between 12 and 14 pounds. The average office worker just doesn't want to spend that every day on lunch. It's just a fact, you know. So I said, we can try and do it and it's going to be a cheaper version, different name, but essentially we will run it and do the menu, but you can pay for the fit out and the kitchen and everything because we're not in a financial position to do that. Um, so we, you know, it was a good partnership. I learned a lot. It was uh, difficult trying to run a company with very, you know, little margins. And um, we, cause also my thing, I'm so proud about my produce and I find I cannot, I just cannot have frozen chicken scent that I don't know where it's from. I, I just couldn't, I refuse. And this concept, you need that. You, otherwise you just, there's zero money. Um, we didn't make any money. You can't compromise anyway. on your values, can you? You can't, you just can't yeah. do it. I tried, I couldn't do it. And, you know, we were making these amazing salads for everyone every day, of course, losing money, of course we were. <laughs> Um, 
So anyway, after a few years, we there was a our lease was coming up, and we just decided to reassign it, and and it was fine. It was very amicable. Um, we, it was never called Farm Girl. They wanted it feeding house by Farm Girl, and you know I just said I can't I can't do it anymore. I want to focus on Farm Girl as a brand. And during well, we had that opening. Great name, we were by the way. It. Thank you, because it a really lot of people didn't like name. my name. Everyone thought I was mad calling it Farm Girl. Why? I don't it's know. real. People really... It's authentic. Yeah. It's genuine. It, it's, all, <laughs> it's everything that you'd want it to be. <laughs> I mean, I loved it, but everyone was like, no, you can't call it that. It's ridiculous. And I was like. I've got products oh. that nobody likes the name of, and I, I stick to it as well. I've got one called Hedgehog. <laughs> I, love, I love that. It's awesome. Everybody no. wants to change the name, but I'm not letting them. <laughs> no, don't let them. Don't let them touch it, because it's no. that's one thing I've learned. Stick to your gut, big time um so yeah feeding house and so while we were running feeding house we were approached by sweaty betty um the fashion brand for yep. fitness women's fashion brand and they were building this site in carnaby street which they wanted to be their london flagship store and tamara the founder actually came to farm girl to have lunch with me and she said look i love farm girl i've been following you guys for a while and um i would love to if you guys want to rent the that's very space. cool isn't it it was just so cool i was so soft that's really obviously... when... <laughs> it you just glow doesn't it inside when someone says that to you. it was so weird because also i you know i've i was wearing sweaty betty for years before and obviously tamara's got an amazing story um she similar to me you know she started in notting hill her first site and then her partner her husband got on board and now that you know they run it together where well, they've just sold it a small fortune um congrats to a them amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they're yeah. such amazing people honestly tomorrow and simon are like the kind of couple you just want to have a beer with. that's what you want it's isn't it absolute legends yeah. you just and want good people to do well don't you you do and actually the other thing is they're so family orientated and they care about every detail you know you would walk past them in the street they remember you you know if they've met you once they're those kind of people they're just wow. good people yeah, so that was pretty crazy. And so I went and had a look at this site in Carnaby Street. And um, again, at the time, you know, my, we were quite busy and with Farm Girl and Notting Hill and the Feeding House Cafe. And I sort of thought it's, it's such an opportunity. We cannot let this go. We need to take this site. And, and my partner looked at me and was like, how the hell are we going to open this as well? And I was like, I don't know, but we're never going to get this opportunity again. Like, first of all, to be work with Sweaty Betty is just unheard of, I mean, in my mind back then. And second of all, we're on Carnaby Street. It's like one of the best streets in London. Like, how can you? Yeah. And for like much cheaper. More, can you? Yeah. And also we got it, you know, it was cheap, much cheaper than us taking our, uh, you know, our own site on the ground floor somewhere because we're on the top floor. We still are. And so and sort of, turned, okay, fine. And we went on. This is Tamara approaching you. Yeah, Tamara and her team. That is that's super cool, isn't it? It was so cool. It was really, really cool. Um, you ever needed a, a, an endorsement and a fill-up for what you're trying to do? Yeah. To have somebody of that gravitas coming to you to say, well, we want you. It was it's really not like cool. you're having your first site, you're, you're singing for your supper. Yeah. This site, somebody's coming to you and saying, we want you. Yeah. No. That's, it was, that's, it, that's yeah, a seismic was, shift. Yeah, it was a definitely a pinch yourself moment, I yeah, it was amazing. Do you allow yourself also, to appreciate that? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I have. This is one thing about running your own business, as you'll know. I mean, you never have time to step back. And the uh, only good thing out of COVID was the fact that you actually, I had time to like step back and look at the company and go, okay, wow, amazing. Like what, what have we just done in five years? I mean, it's, it's incredible. Um, so yeah, no, it was really amazing that. So we, yeah, we opened Sweaty Buddy and... To be honest, it took us a good year to get that site going. It took us longer than we thought because we thought Carnaby Street is going to be really busy from day one. It wasn't. It wasn't at all. For some reason, it was. It took a while to get people up there, and then the minute it did, it, I think it was just. I guess people were not, you know, in Carn in Soho, you know, everyone is. There's so much going on, so you often don't find yourself walking upstairs to find a cafe. Um, I don't think it was for lack of marketing. I, I I'm not really sure, but it took a it took a while. Um, but then the minute it took off, it took off, and it was doing so well. And up until COVID hit, um, it was incredible that site. And and now the numbers are going back, and we, we we were shut for 14 months during the pandemic. But 
it's now getting back to normal. The, you know, the office trays, the office occupancy is still very low in that area. The tourists, forget it, they're not around. But you're getting a lot of the UK, you know, people just outside of the London are coming in and, and it is, it's picking up. And you feel this like positive sense, it is buzzing around there. So, so I'm good. I'm, I'm happy with that because we were a bit worried about that site. Going to say, um, is it, is it helped? It must have helped with your confidence to see it getting somewhere near because you always just wonder, well, have we lost it? Yeah, are they, are they ever going to come back? That's a horrible feeling. Yeah. Isn't it? It's and also because some people say, what you know, some people would say to me, have you gotten rid of the Soho site yet during the pandemic? Can I sort of thought, well, no, hang on. First of all, I'm not going to do that to my landlord because they're offering me a really good deal, you know, out of this. Like they were being really, really supportive, and I'm not just going to go up and go you know, no, I'm like, I wanted to wait it out. And I'm, I'm such an optimist. I'm far too much. And I, you know, I always knew this was going to come to an end. I know we're not out of it yet, but it is coming to an end. Things are getting stronger and stronger every day. You know, it's obviously a bit worrying at the moment. The biggest worry for us in re- hospitality is recruitment. Um, and that's because of Brexit as well. It's not just COVID, but um, it's, you know, everyone is struggling. Every single person is struggling that I know that have a business in hospitality but you know what we'll get through it we, we always do some in some way um it's just about being good to the people you have and yeah it's just, yeah it's not easy fundamental isn't it but again it's mm. as you say it's hard um it's hard it's it across the across the board um finding the right people because you, you also need your people don't you you need when you recruit if you've got the same control freak about you that i have then you have to recruit people who you know yeah. are, um, yeah. they all automatically dis- distill that the values that you want in people, yeah. and that makes it even harder, doesn't it? You know, if, if you're it's prepared hard. to just to, to invite anybody in, yeah, then you wouldn't be in hospitality because no. you need that culture and you know how important the culture is. You do, yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's all about the people, and I learned that from day one, um, and. But one thing I did learn, which I, now I look back on, and it doesn't matter how good you are to someone, it's that character and they can always still screw you over. It doesn't matter if you've like gone out of your way to help them and their fi- family. It actually makes it worse, doesn't it? It makes it the so much worse. The more you go out of your way to help. Yeah, the, the and hard, it's, it's a it, real it emotional on, thing. You hate it, don't you? Yeah, it's, it's really, it gets me, you know, I, it's one thing I'm, I'm not, I could be much stricter as a boss because I think people do over the years have taken me for granted because I am such a yes person and I'm always making excuses for people and, oh, well, maybe that, you know, maybe they're going through a hard time. But it's like, actually, actually, you know what? I'm trying to run a business and all the other people who are doing their jobs correctly um, and showing up, they're, you know, the, you're just letting them down. And, and the I minute I make an excuse, it's, I'm letting them down too. So it's hard. I wouldn't change you. Don't change you, though. <laughs> um, I've got yeah. the same principle, and there's many days I'll question myself. But you end up with some amazing people who do genuinely appreciate you for who you are yeah, and appreciate what you're doing for them. And it's those yeah. people that you're doing it for. This is true. And actually, I can look back now, and I happily can say that, you know, we've been open now for six years, and I think – I think we've had, I think I've got still got about five people employed who I have for at least five years, which I think is amazing because, you know, people yeah. come and go and, and they're great. You know, we've had our ups and downs and it's made us stronger. And, and they're honestly, and, you know, one of them, my, my head chef at Notting Hill, he is an unbelievable guy, but, you know, he began, he started with us and he was washing dishes and now he's the head chef. And I, you know, he, he hasn't had that much experience in terms of running a kitchen, but I would not replace him with someone who's had 40 years experience because what he's learned in these five years of running, that's his home. That's his place. It's, it's, and he runs it better than anyone could ever run it. So my mind, he cares about it. He's someone that if it was burning down in the middle of the night, he would drive an hour to get there. Whereas most people wouldn't, you know, if it's not. I feel like you need to name him. Who's this then? (laughs) He's called Lewis. (laughs) He's the best. Yeah, as long as anybody listening is not allowed to steal him. <laughs> no, he wouldn't go to you anyway because he's so loyal. No, I was going to say. <laughs> you, it, blood's thicker than water. <laughs> yep, 100%. And, yeah. and what's next then? So, so, yeah, we're, uh, so we're at so, Soho. Okay, so when we opened Soho, 
then of course another opportunity came up and then we I decided we wanted to open an all-day restaurant in Chelsea and I think this is probably one of our biggest mistakes um we opened in Chelsea nearly around the same time we opened Sweaty Betty I think a few months before but we opened Chelsea yeah a few months after and we took on too much at, at once and Chelsea restaurant was very big uh it was 70 80 covers and the landlord really wanted us to do a dinner concept and it was not in the part of Chelsea, the busy part, it was sort of towards Fulham area. And we were really like, we were advised on this site by two pretty big fishers in the hospitality industry who we knew and had we worked with before. So we were pretty confident this was an amazing location. Um, at the end of the day, it wasn't. And it was not a destination. I mean, it, yeah. So my, you know, one woman who owns I'm not going to name names because she's amazing and you know, it's, I'm not blaming anyone because it was my, my mistake. But, um, you know, there was just a few, there was some advice on this site and people thought it was in a really incredible location for us and it really wasn't. And I look back now and I go, I would never look at another site like that for my brand. It was in, it was just, it, it was a destination space. Like Farm Girl brought in the customers for sure. The weekends for us were amazing. But the Monday to Friday trade, we completely underestimated. That area of Chelsea, everyone is away June to August, September. It's like it's a dead, dead zone. And, um, you know, we were not good at dinner. Dinner was not is not our thing. We're really good at lunch, daytime. And I'm the first person to admit that. We tried to do dinner. It wasn't a success. It was really tough. And that was one thing that came out of COVID as well. That we, we got rid of this site. But that was what I think part of it we weren't ready for it we were trying to do you know sweaty betty and shutting down the office building one and you know opening this big one in chelsea which required all of our time and we just we it was just an antonine you know we're on our own um we had no help and it was too much we took on too much uh we had that one for two years and we shut it a year and a half yeah two years and we shut it and but you know again no regrets and I, we learn, actually, yeah, we're there's, learning. There's really, really strong learning things in each of these, um, what you can call them failures, but to me, they're yeah. just experiences. And, and no, it... exactly. And I, and, you know, we, I think at the time we were so, we were really upset by this site. Cause, and also for me, I put so much of my energy. I'm, I'm such a creative and I, it was such a beautiful site. We put so much into our interiors and it was just, it was so amazing. Um, so that was the sort of emotional thing for shutting it down. Cause I was like, Oh, my beautiful tiles on the walls are all going to go, you know, ridiculous. But actually, you know, the good news is we've, we've, we're opening a new site soon. I can't reveal the street, but it's in South Kensington and that's going to be open by the end of the year. And it's in a way better location. So that's a relocating that site. So that's open by the end of the year. Out. Yeah. We're working on it now. Well, we're doing, yeah, figuring it out now. That's but it's, cool. it's very cool. It's very cool. But then off the back of, well, when, when we'd opened the Chelsea site, we then were approached by, well, first of all, Harvey Nichols. Um, but Luke Hersherson owns a hairdresser, a very successful hairdresser in London called Hersherson. And he approached us and he said, look, I've got a site in Harvey Nichols. I want you guys to run the cafe within there. And at the time I said, absolutely not. No way am I taking on another project. Absolutely not. And he said, look, just look at the terms. Harvey Nichols wants you in there as well. Um, they don't want any other cafe concept, just farm girl, they said. And um, so I said, oh, fine, look, I'll come and have a look at the site, but there's no way I can commit to another project. I forget it. So what I do, <laughs> off I went, looked at the site, fell in love, I fell in love with Luke because Luke's a legend. I mean, he's so great to work with. And and the, the term, the deal was literally, it was, could, you, it was too good to be true. So I said, fine, we'll open another site. <laughs> so we opened in Harvey Nichols on the fourth floor. We're still operating now. And um, it's been a great partnership. Uh, we opened that. I've been in that one. Have you? It's really cute. It's tiny. It's small. It's great. I love it. And that was really fun. Well, it was also really fun being in Harvey Nichols because I love that building growing up as a child. And um, so then off, off the back of that one, Luke, it was such a success. The opening, Luke said, I've also got a hairdresser's in Bern in Fitzrovia. Will you take that cafe over? And again, I was like, no. Another way. great location. 
amazing location. But yeah. anyway, so we so we did it. We opened that one too. So at this stage, we were running five farm girls because we shut the one in the office building, and it was wild. I mean, it was we were so busy and crazy, and you know, it was it was really fun. And um, I don't know how we did it. Looking back, I'm like, oh my goodness, because now we we're operating. So we're operating four farm girls, but we've also just opened a new concept last week, uh, two weeks ago. All right. Um, yeah, it's called, it's so exciting. It's called Roll Baby, which is basically. Oh, I've seen it. He's gorgeous. Yeah. He's the gorgeous packs of rolls. Yeah. They're like almost like did. a clear coating around them with lots of colorful stuff inside. Yeah, yeah exactly. So we, so I obviously grow up in Melbourne and there's a huge Vietnamese sort of movement there and every street corner there's these cute little holes in the wall these fridges of just these incredible rolls and we used to have them for you know for lunch at university super cheap healthy easy and um again doesn't exist in london anywhere like you get it all over australia these little shops but not here and during covid we were in lockdown with some friends uh, naughty um in the countryside and um <laughs> don't tell anyone that <laughs> And um, exactly, and uh, we—I was making them for everyone every day, and no one had eaten these things before. And everyone was like, "These are great! And they're so easy to make." And so then, when we reopened the Farm Girls, when after the lockdown, I put them on the menus at the Farm Girls, and they were just selling out every day. I mean, we weren't making loads—about a hundred a day. People went bananas over these things. So then I thought, Do you know what? I'm just. Then we went into another lockdown. I was bored. So we started started building a new concept called Roll Baby. Of course you did. <laughs> um, and it was so fun. And I love, because I, I love the creative side of things. Anything that I could build, like give it to me. I love it. And so we opened the first shop in South Kensington two weeks ago. Um, it's going, we're actually not trading technically yet because TFL and my landlord and there's some more fire risk assessments and stuff to be done. But we're on delivery and Uber Eats. And I mean, they're going... Like crazy. I was in there this morning. I mean, they were selling out hundreds of rolls and people are just obsessed. It's so exciting. I think it's going to be a really when are you going to fun film on a car, though? Yeah, I know. Good idea. Very good idea. Maybe I need them on a car, though. So I'm in Cheshire <laughs> and I want them. I'll send you a recipe and you can make them at home. It's so no, easy to never make. Happen. <laughs> I know that's the part of it, right? I mean, it is like quite labor intensive and you got so much mess around you making these things. But, you know, my chef started, she starts at um, like 3 a.m. making these rolls in the mornings and they're delivered out every day. And it's such an easy concept because they're all made in one place, you know, delivered cold. Um, and it's one product, one product concept is such a good idea. You don't have all these elements, moving parts of, you know, big ovens and things that you have to worry about all the time. You just need some fridges, basically. And um, you want it to no, be a really, brand. I do, I do, yeah. That that's gonna be the thing is roll baby, it's such a scalable brand, such an easy yeah, brand to roll absolutely. out. Absolutely. Yeah. So you know that's the plan. We've got some, you know, we've we've had a bit of investment on it and people are really excited and I think now we're gonna hit the ground running with that. We're already looking at the second and third locations at the moment. So, you know, hopefully um We've got a lot going on in November. I'm also pregnant. I'm actually due in in November. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. So there's a lot going on this year because we're opening new farm girl at the moment. It's Congratulations, like... by the way. Thank you very much. Very exciting. That's ace news. Do you know yeah. if you're having a boy or a girl? It's a boy. It's a little boy. Very exciting. <laughs> I bet daddy's yeah. happy. He's very happy. He was a bit nervous. He thought it was a girl for a second and now... He's very, very happy. <laughs> well, yeah. I've got a little girl and I can tell you it's uh, the best thing in the world. I know. World, so. I, know I was ha either happy with either. And yeah, but yeah. It's, very, it's very exciting. But in terms of our um, workload, everything seems to be happening in November for us, which is a bit nerve wracking. We've got, we're moving actually location from Harvey Nichols just down the street because we're coming, Hershesons are coming out of there. Um, and then we've got South Kensington opening and then hopefully another Roll Baby opening plus the baby. So it's a lot. Do you say you've got something else in the pipeline or is that is that enough for now? <laughs> no, that, that's it for now. I'm sure there'll be another one, you know, tomorrow there'll be something that will come up, I'm sure. It's an obscene no, amount of stuff to be doing. Yeah, but we love it, you know, and we, and like I said, I've got such a good team now that it, it's easy. The more we do, it's easier now because I have 
these people who have been working for me now and I trust them fully and they're so great and they they understand me they understand Anthony um and it just makes it easier I feel like I could take on 10 projects and not be as stressed and I wouldn't do that to them but yeah it's good so I'm I'm fully comfortable with the fact that I'm probably going to be on maternity leave during the opening of the South Kensington Farm Girl. Um, but I'm comfortable with it because I have these incredible managers who who helped me build Roll Baby and I have no doubt in my mind they'll do a good job. So it's you know, it's all about the people. I was just gonna say it spend as long as it takes to find the decent people. And I'm lost without mine. Yeah, they are the best. Very good. Sorry. <laughs> Plugging my laptop in. Um yeah. And also That's my right, partner as well. He won't. He won't um, stop. He. I don't think. Is there paternity leave when you open when you own your own company? Or what, what did you do? Don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember ever having stopped. To be honest with you. Yeah, there you I'm go. like you though. I'm a bit. Of, I'm a bit of a workaholic, but um, I am. I'm. I'm getting older now, and I'm getting to a point where, even though I really want to work all the time, my yeah. body won't let me anymore. Yeah. It starts telling me I've started having naps. Oh, I've, love I've, a never, nap. I've never had a nap in my life. I start, I start really? like, I'll have me dinner and about half an hour later I think oh, I could just do I could just have 10 minutes. That's the dream. That's what I have to say. I'm uh, you know being pregnant instead of you're allowed to do things like that. And I, it's yeah. been hard for me to accept the fact that I'm actually allowed to if I want to take a few hours in the afternoon. Yeah, you're guilty, don't you? I feel really oh, naughty when I'm doing it just like can't do that (laughs) unless I'm doing 16 hours a day I'm not happy with me right I know you do even when you sort of finally switch on the tv and and I sort of think oh hang on I haven't done that thing on my list I could just quickly do it now but it's like well actually no you could also do it tomorrow it doesn't it's not going to make a difference if you do it now or tomorrow but it's it's (laughs) our minds we just get it done get it done you know but with the amount of stuff that you've got going on Rose that's just phenomenal honestly and to see you so excited by it and taking the the failure as it were on the chin and just taking it as a lesson learned and and taking the positives from it I just think some people don't have that resolve and I think yeah the determination and that you've shown that that whole walking through walls and I am going to succeed that yeah. I just I, you can't teach somebody that well, you, well thank you, you you must have had that in yeah. for you for a long from a long a year a young age yeah again I think it goes back I think with my it's my parents and I think again I'm like, so lucky and I my business partner is the same and he's totally determined um I wish he was on the call because he's he's awesome and we're so similar in so many ways um so yeah I think I also my all of my siblings are exactly the same which is quite scary like we're all very quite punchy <laughs> always working everyone always working and are you enjoying it i love it we were always meant to work i was meant I'm meant to be a worker you know some people are meant to be academics and that's incredible and i also envy them because i think how can you sit there and the knowledge you know is, is amazing but i always been aware i've always been i've got to be up i've got to be moving if i'm not if i'm if I don't have something to do, I'll be like sorting out the shelving in the office. I mean, how boring is that? <laughs> but I honestly will. Like sometimes my HR manager comes into the office and I've like up, tipped it upside down to reorganize it. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, it's just a mess. Like it needs to be re- redone. It needs to, and it doesn't. And I just. You always know. find something. Look, this, uh, I, honestly, I could chat to you all day. Um, and hearing, I think your story is tremendous, and I still reckon we're on chapter three. I reckon if we could, if we chat again in five years, I oh, have yeah. no idea what you'll have accomplished. <laughs> um, just that energy effervescence, I think, is infectious, and I hope that everybody who's been listening has has felt that too. Um, so you know, I could, like I said, I could continue to ask you questions all day, but I'm not going to. I'm going to let you get on. Um, Thank you and so I, much. I enormously yeah. appreciate your time. This is this has been really good fun it's for me. So fun! I've loved it. Loved every second. So, whenever you want to chat, let's let's have a chat. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, I'm going to come and have coffee. Yes, you know. must. Please yeah. let me know, and I'll come meet you.
Definitely. Yeah, that would be and fabulous. Should, we'll definitely make you need that. To, you need to get some roles. You need to go and get you some roles. I'm going somehow. to. You're going to give yeah. me some roles. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah. give you some free guest Wi-Fi and you can have some. <laughs> and you can give me some roles and we're all good. Perfect. Deal. Deal. Win-win. <laughs> Look, win, thanks win. ever so much again. Thank you're, you you're so much. I'll let you sit off. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of your day and uh, I'll wish you all the luck for the, the November deadline. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. We have loved every second. Thank you. Take care. Cheers now. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.